have a very dear friend in the program who always says before she speaks, please God, let me not get between you and this meeting. And I feel very much like that this afternoon, so I share that with you. My name is May, and I'm a very grateful member of Al-Anon. Hi. And of the British Doctors and Dentists Family Group, and, and of IDA, and I am very glad to belong to all of them. When Mary Beth phoned and we discussed the topics for today's talk, we sort of settled on the idea of choices, and I left the, the actual topic um, for the program to her so that it would be related to the theme of the of the conference. Uh, little did I know um, how opposite which path would be, and that by the time um, I knew the actual title, uh, my partner and friend of 38 years would have chosen to uh, live with someone else, and I would be wondering whether I should choose the path to Orlando to fulfill my commitment or whether I should run 100 miles in the opposite direction. You'll appreciate why, I'm sure. (laughs) That I'm here today is due in no small part to a lady named Ingrid, a dear friend who who belonged to the Chai and Cross group in London. Ingrid lived her life by Al-Anon principles, and in the shockingly short few days she had between her diagnosis and her death, she prepared for leaving her life by working a program and achieving real serenity. By the time I parked in front of the church for her funeral on June the 4th, I suddenly knew with a deep certainty that there was only one path I could take the path to IDA and Orlando. Anne and I had travelled up from our home to to Ingrid's for the funeral. And I told her what I'd decided. And we then set off to have something to eat. And as we sat having our lunch in the bay window of an old English pub in an old English village, a hearse came by. Now, the road was very narrow, and the pavement was even narrower. Those of you who have been to England know what I'm talking about. You can imagine how we felt as Ingrid's hearse drove by on her way to her home, preparatory to her final journey to the church. Anne and I both felt, fancifully or not, that she had gone past that way to wave us a metaphorical Zane. And I felt quietly confident that I had made the right decision. In fact, what decision was there to make? I'd said I would share at an Al-Anon meeting. Why would I not go? I had been very fearful, however. And I feel a great, deep sense of gratitude to Ingrid that I am here today and able to share what Al-Anon means to me and has meant to me over the years, and more importantly, what it means to me today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. 
I was born the eldest of five children, and although there was no alcoholism in my immediate family, I found out later in life that my maternal grandfather had had problems with alcohol. My mother was the youngest of eight, however, and he died when she was ten. So there was a great deal of denial in the family, and it was many years before I actually came by that information. I also found out fairly recently that when I was born, my poor mother apparently had a very bad time, and I was so battered and bruised when I arrived that she wasn't allowed to see me for three days. So, no bonding, and a very early experience that, uh, obviously, of which I have no conscious recollection of, that you can't really trust anyone, and the best way to deal with life is to be self-sufficient. and not to give too much of yourself away to anybody else. As far as which path is concerned, um, the path that I took in my early life, there weren't a lot of choices really to be made in the late 50s and early 60s, certainly in Scotland. Um, I was good at school, I did well at school, and the only, the only I, I did choose... Um, at one point, to study ancient Greek instead of German, um, which involved being taught in a one-to-one situation. And um, although I did regret that choice slightly later in life when I came to live in Germany and uh, lived in a village um, with no British neighbours at all, and speaking not one word of German, I did wonder whether perhaps it might have been better to have made a different choice. But with hindsight, I'm very glad I didn't. I picked up some German. I might not have ever picked up any ancient Greek. Um, I did have other sort of flashes of independence insofar as I um, left Scotland to do my postgraduate year. and um, But that, that was about the limit. Otherwise, I was a, you know, a conventional product of a con- very conservative upbringing. Um, I didn't discuss family business, I didn't uh, share my feelings, if I even recognise them sometimes. Um, I had met the man I was going to marry at university, my parents did not approve, and um, I actually broke off our engagement um, because I was worried about his drinking. He was very persistent, however, and the year I was away from Edinburgh, um, I realised I was actually slightly bored by the other people I had met, and uh, it's a bell, doesn't it? And uh, well, suffice it to say that when we married in September 1970, I was pregnant with my eldest daughter, and I leave it to your imagination as to the furore that caused with my parents. The really, uh, I use interesting and in inverted commas thing is, I then colluded with my parents in disguising my daughter's birth date. You remember, and we were talking about 1971, we lived in the back of beyond, there were no phones, there was a weekly letter home, and that was it. It was easy. Um, But what I did do was begin to spin around myself a web of isolation which cut me off from other people, cut me off from really meaningful relationships with other people. I was obviously quite friendly on the outside and I knew lots of people, had lots of acquaintances, but not 
not real friends. Alcoholism sort of strengthened its grip on our little family. And I don't need to go into details. We've all been there. We've all, we all know what it's like. By 1978, uh, we had three daughters. We were out of the military and back in Scotland. Car accidents, court cases, repossession of houses, crippling debts. Again, I don't need to go into detail. What I do need to go into detail about, though, is my part in it all. I'm very aware that I did a great deal of damage to my children in the drinking days. I ensured we survived. I tell you, it's very hard to get 100% mortgage in Scotland. Anybody who knows anything about, you know, about Scottish finance in 1978, that was good. But there was a price. In particular, I feel it was paid by my eldest daughter, to whom I would talk as if she was an adult, and whom I would blame for the situation I find myself in. I still find that very difficult today. They could see that their father got drunk and behaved badly. Um, I was the apparently sane one, and I was the one who ranted and raved and wept in frustration and hauled them out of bed in the middle of the night to sort of drive God knows where before I sent the back to bed again. I compounded all of this by refusing to go to Al-Anon when someone phoned me. She was the wife of a man called Datsun Davy, and I thought, anybody who's married to somebody called Datsun Davy, I'm not listening to anybody. (laughs) I told her I was perfectly all right, thank you, the problem was not mine, I was functioning very well, and please leave me alone. Well, of course, all I did was compound the problem and dragged it out for all of us for years longer than it need have been, certainly for me. We spent four years in Scotland, and they were miserable. In 1982, there was another car accident, another job loss, loss of another home, and we moved back down to England. And there, thanks be to God, I found the Charing Cross Group, found the British Doctors and Dentists Group, and the first meeting I went to, lo and behold, there were ladies who smiled. They were all ladies, gentlemen, sorry, they were all ladies. And many of them smiled, and many of them were living in just as horrible situations as I was many of them and worse. But they all went to Al-Anon. So I thought, well, nothing else is what I shall go to. Somebody gave me a Just for Today card, and it made eminently good sense. Even I could see that. So I had no trouble when I went to Al-Anon and heard about steps. I had no trouble accepting that I needed to be restored to sanity. Uh, That was patently obvious to anybody, that I was not really in my right mind, functioning on one level and not meaningfully on any other. I got got into the program, and life, funnily enough, began to get better. 
I remember being told that alcoholism was a disease. And that was such a relief. That was such a relief to know that there was a physical, mental and spiritual aspect to it. I could go along with that and it made a lot of sense of what had been happening. I passed that on to the children and that took a weight off. I also learned that the only person I could change was me. I could change my attitude, uh, make changes in how I behaved and that might help. I can still vividly to this day remember standing at the cooker, stirring, biting my tongue and refusing to ask the question that I always asked. Have you been drinking? No. Of course you have. There it went. And I stood and for once there was no row. We went out anyway, but the children and I had supper and had a quiet evening. And I thought, well, that worked, so I'll, I'll try. I'll try more. Um, those early years, early months um, of going to Al-Anon while the drinking was still going on were difficult, but there's no doubt about it that the program did help me to cope. And when, thank God, sobriety came into our home, it was a blessed relief for everybody. Um, there was, there were a lot of changes in our lives um, at that time in early sobriety, uh, which came about partly because of the, you know, of the, of the financial situation we were in, we eventually were able to to move into a house of our own. And the next year, um, our son was born. I have lost my place here. If you would just excuse me for the minute, I will try and find it. Otherwise, I'll get myself tied in knots. The, um, the help provided during this time by both Al-Anon and the Charing Cross Group, just I, I cannot emphasize enough how helpful that was. It helped to keep it helped to keep me sane, it helped to keep me focused on on the day, it helped to keep me trying to attend to to my business and nobody else's. I tried uh to make amends to my children. Um our home was was calmer. We were able to uh, start living more normally. When this uh, baby was was born into our home as well, it gave everybody a sense of a new beginning. We then had several hiccups. Uh, insofar as my husband had a heart attack when the baby was six months old, my eldest daughter had problems with her knees, and it was a very long day, a very long ten days, waiting for the result of a of a biopsy uh, on a tumour on her knee. But thankfully, all was all was well. Um, 
our youngest daughter was born in 1987, and life was very good. We began to go on holiday again. We decided that uh, the brush with mortality had uh, reinforced the message that life is for living a day at a time, and the decision, you know, we made the decision that we had to make memories now, not save for the future. Now, this was a momentous decision, given our, our, our financial non-healthy uh, state at the time. But initially, we couldn't do very much, but we did, we did try, at least to, you know, to, to, to have a break and to, to, you know, to bond together as a family. In a funny sort of way, Although the, the, the children, the youngest children, gave us an opportunity to, to live through some of the experiences that they had missed growing up. In another sense, it sort of arrested us, if you like, you know, um, as the girls grew into teenagehood, uh, I think this is with benefit of hindsight and talking to them. Uh, there was a sense that nobody wanted to rock the boat. You know, they had been quite young when the drinking had stopped, only 12, 8 and 6. And there were issues that should have been addressed perhaps more fully, perhaps not at the time, but later, which they would have been normally, but they weren't. Um, and I am sad about that, that I didn't, I wasn't more perceptive at the time. But I was doing, I was doing the best I could. I had, as I say, these two small children and I was working again part time. So again, with benefit of hindsight, I think I was probably overstretched. However, it was a very, it was a, it was a happy, fulfilling time. And we came to IDAA in, I'm, I've missed a bit. <laughs> I still can't find a bit of paper. <laughs> um, in 1984, life had begun. Life had started to get better in, in, in 83, 84. Uh, in 1994, Kevin had another heart attack and needed a quintuple bypass. Now, I know for me, when I'm up against it, it's the simplest things that help. And I can remember at that time reading my literature, just the ODAT, reading Courage to Change, um, the slogans as much as anything. And I, I'm, I share this with you because somebody, we were talking about let go and let God this morning. And somebody actually, two people on the table I was on actually mentioned uh, the reading uh, the day of my husband's, the day before my husband's bypass, uh, which came upon him with great, he didn't know he was going to need, he was going to need it, so he was, he was very frightened. We were all very frightened. And I left him in hospital that night and came home, and I'd read my ODAT in the morning and hadn't had time to do anything else, so I picked up the courage to change. And it's the reading for the, um, the one about wrapping your loved ones in a blanket. And, I thought, so I thought about him lying in his hospital bed and he always liked nice white cotton sheets. I think it came from being in boarding school. Anyway, 
I imagined him in a, you know, in a nice sort of cool, freshly made bed and handed him over and I managed to get some sleep myself. And the next morning, my daughter, uh, number three daughter, they refer to themselves by number, not me. <laughs> um, she and I drove up to the hospital and he was due for surgery at two o'clock and he started to tell us how, what a bad night he'd had, but how miraculous it was that at midnight one of the nurses had come in and said, oh, you poor thing, up you get and I'll make your bed. So he did get his fresh bed at midnight the night before and I thought, well, let go and let God and see what miracles do happen. So I share that. It's not the only one, but that is quite a good example. Um, as I say, the program really helped me survive those days. That was 1994. Many of you came over to, to Maidstone in October of 1994 to our convention and Many of you, you know, we met then are, 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 are still very good friends today. And we came actually to Scottsdale for the first time. We came to IDA and met more of you. And we brought all five children with us. And that was an absolutely magical experience. We had a la tots, a la dudes. Alateens, the older ones didn't go anyway, they just talked around the pool and that was alright. And, well we've been back every year since. Not all of us, sometimes five, sometimes four children, sometimes two. There's just two here this year, the youngest ones. And I'm sure my son wouldn't mind me sharing that he thinks this week is the best week of his life. And he has a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's gone to university in London, it's got even better, but he was still looking forward to coming here. So. I think the best way to describe my journey in Al-Anon has been that for the last few years I think I have been ambling along my path. I, it was always there, but it was sort of the bedrock, if you like, but I was not working it. I, not right to say I played lip service to it, but I was not working my program the way I had learned that I could work it and that life got much better when I did. I had, I just, I just, I was going to say I retired. My, the, the college I worked, the school I worked at, they closed the sixth form in 1995 and I only taught fifth and sixth form, so I took a year off, fully intending to go back, and the year passed, and I took another year off, and I quite enjoyed what I was doing, really, but I think I got lazy. As I say, hindsight's a wonderful thing, um, and as I say, that's when my ambling really got uh, 
got to be a way of life, I think. I switched off. Coincidentally, my mother uh, developed vascular dementia and needed more of my time and concentration. So I think I let, you know, that, that took over slightly. And I think I, you know, I, I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. I know it shouldn't say should have, but I mean, deep inside, you know, I knew. I was coast, coasting, perhaps, is a better word. Um, the, the girls, uh, have all grown up and left, left home. One is in Australia, but the other two are in London, so I see them, you know, quite often. Um, Kieran also started university and in, in September, so there's, there's just the youngest Katie at, at, at home at the, you know, since, since last September. I find myself, as I say, here today, uh, reassessing very much what my Al-Anon program means to me because my life blew up in my face three months ago when I find myself on my own and facing life by myself. I, <laughs> to use the analogy, my pa- you know, my path, there was a crater in the middle, there's no way around and there's no way, I need to find a new path. I need, I found myself very, very grateful that during the night uh, when I was coming to terms with uh, what had happened, I remembered there was an Al-Anon meeting at half past ten the next morning in the next town. So I was had enough, thank God, my higher power gave me enough sense to get myself there. And again, I'm very grateful that my son was at home, and when he phoned the older girls, and they all said to tell, he told them what had happened, and they said, where's mum? And he said, she's gone to a meeting. So they all drew a breath of relief and thought, thank God for that. So <laughs> thank you all for sort of being in rooms where, you know, where I could find help. And... I'd been around long enough to know that the crisis I was in needed drastic measures. I needed to be honest, I needed to be real, I needed to be genuine, I needed to tell people how I felt. Um, I didn't really know how I felt. There were so many mixed emotions, but I, I, I just needed to be real and to share um, that meeting has, 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 has become my home meeting and I have made many new friends and re-met many old ones. Um, and I think one of the biggest changes in me, uh, was that I was able to go home from that meeting and phone my brothers and sisters and tell them what had happened. Now, for me, that was monumental. 
all through the drinking years, nobody knew what was happening. I never told anybody. I was very close-mouthed. As I say, I learned very early not to trust anybody, not even my nearest and dearest. Uh, I learned coping mechanisms, and I... I was good at controlling the uncontrollable, uh, apart from the drinking, but you, you know what I mean. Everything else that could be controlled, I controlled it. And I realized that over this I had no control. I had to accept what had happened. I had to accept me. I had to accept that the path that I had thought I would be on for the rest of my life was not going to be the path I would be on. I had already faced the possibility that I might be left alone through death. I'd not faced the unimaginable of being left. I do, though, and I did that very first morning, have a very deep sense which I can only a tribute to years of sitting in the rooms and reading and trying to work, however sort of lazily at times, the program, that if I did what I was supposed to do, I would be all right. If I was honest, if I was real, if I shared my feelings, if I tried, if I trusted my higher power, I would get the strength to cope with whatever I need to cope with. I am aware that I am in one sense back to where I was many years ago, and in one sense I'm not because I am starting from a different place but I need to go right back to basics and start again. I've been only really able to focus on the simple things. The slogans have kept me going. I've got a little selection of glass pebbles. I can't remember where I bought them, but one IDA somewhere with the slogans on them, and I keep them in a glass dish by my door. And I'm, I pick one out a dozen times a day at least, and it keeps me going for a little while, be it one day at a time, be it courage, be it patience, be it whatever. It helps. I have reread every piece of Al-Anon literature I've ever bought. Um, I say reread, some of it I've read for the first time. No, not hadn't read all of it, I, or I've read it and forgotten it, but I've read it. But I'm very conscious that my short-term memory isn't good at the moment. I'm, I'm my concentration is not great. I'm, you know, I can read something and it goes out of my head the next minute and I need to read it again. But that's all right. That's all right. It's not going to go away. I've been able to reach out to people. I've been able to phone out to people and share how I'm feeling when I'm feeling bad. I'm very conscious of the fact that I need to look after me. I need to grow by myself so that I can let my children grow as well. I have more amends I need to make to all of them as I go back and work harder at 
the steps. I have done some. I've got more to do. And pray God, I'll go on doing it. I hope that by taking responsibility for myself and perhaps growing up at the tender age of nearly 57, um, that I'll be able to know myself better and I'll be able to form more mature relationships with my children. I say children, the range in age from sort of 33 to 16. Um, Young adults, I should say, as far as the younger ones are concerned. But some of the amends, as I say, I need to make for when they were much, much younger. But that's all right, and I will be able to do that. I know I'll be able to do that. I've started it, and I am reaping the benefits of it already. I am frightened about how life is going to be. Um, But I do know that with the help of my higher power and with the help of people in the rooms and with Alan on literature, which I find so helpful, especially during the night, uh, I will end up a stronger person. I mean, I'd, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know where I'll end up, but I know that if I walk the Al-Anon path, and more importantly, use the Al-Anon tools, I will be all right. And I know that my higher power is there for me. I know that when thoughts come into my head that I... I can acknowledge my feelings, but I can try to hand them over. They end up back on my head a hundred times a day, but he doesn't seem to get fed up taking them back. I just have to keep, I just have to keep, keep on going. And it will get better. I would just like to share, I was talking about rereading literature and <laughs> I'm going to tell them, Mary Beth, where are you? <laughs> Mary Beth had asked me to swap with somebody tomorrow. And I thought, good, I'll have another day. I can come and listen today. And then I'll, tonight I'll work on what I'm going to say. And then she asked me this morning, eh, could you just do this afternoon? And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> please. So I went up and just opened my book, books. And I opened this. Now, I, I, I've probably... I must have noticed it before, but I don't remember. This, as we understood, there is actually one uh, little selection from somebody from Scotland. And I opened it at this page when I went up. And I, I looked at it and I thought, I've never, I've never noticed that before. And then I read it. And I would just like to finish off by sharing this with you. Because in a way, it, um, it helps to sort of say for me what I'm trying to say myself 
But I would just, um, I would also just like to say thank you to all of you for, for being here, for me. I am the one who built the webs around myself. This program has enabled me to get rid of that cocoon. With God's help and guidance, I am growing wings. My relationships are more meaningful. My world is broader. My faith is deeper. I respect myself more. I do not have to live in your image anymore. Therefore, I can see who you are too. Sight restored. My hearing got better too. I can hear what you like, what you need, without being threatened. I can learn from you and retain my uniqueness. I can share with you and not expect you to live in my image. Today I am building on the good qualities I have, taking a look at the things that obstruct my own growth and accepting the whole of me, knowing the things I still do not like about myself. I can change with faith and patience. I know this is true because I have the experience of the changes I have already made behind me. This program really works and it never ceases to amaze me. Thank you.